0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks, and this podcast is the place to be if you are looking to start creating a lifestyle that you absolutely love. From business, travel, entrepreneurship, and of course, money, we chat all things digital nomad, lifestyle, and finance on this show. In today's episode, I had such an amazing conversation with Sandra Steppen. She is a digital marketer and e-commerce expert, and she has also been a digital nomad with her partner for many years. Together, they run a very successful agency while traveling the world and living out their dream. This was such a motivating and inspiring episode for me, and I truly am not just saying that. I left this recording feeling so energized. She gave me so many action tips from routine, business, and just general tips on what her digital nomad journey looks like and some different ideas that I could implement into my own journey. No lie, I was so motivated at the end of this episode, and so I know that you will be too. Without further ado, let's just dive right in because this episode was too good to not get into ASAP. Sandra, welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I am so excited to have you on today to chat All things digital nomad, travel, entrepreneurship, and business. But before we dive into that, why don't we start out by you telling us a little bit more about your story, where you started, and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so great to be here. I've been looking forward to this. So, my name is Sandra Stepan. I am a digital marketer and e commerce expert. I started my entrepreneurship journey in 2016 when uh, my I've been calling him partner for seven years, but soon to be husband in three months, um, it took me to a mastermind in Bali. So that was the first time I realized that people can make money online and you don't have to know, I don't know who, and I don't know what in order to do that. It was just regular people that... Took a step and took a leap to be like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to start doing some digital marketing and I can do it from anywhere in the world. Um, So in 2016, I went to this mastermind in Bali. I was blown away by how people can just make life happen from across the continent. And um, I quit my job the next day. So we came back the next day and I quit my job. Um, I started working with Surge um, in e-commerce. So at that time, we had a store um, that I was helping with on a social media side. And then because I came from a sales background before, um, Surge came up with the idea of creating an agency and help other business owners and e-commerce stores grow with social media and marketing um, services. So Fast forward, what is now, six, seven years, a lot of successes and a lot of failures in between, a lot of, you know, going back to work, making money, losing money. Uh, We've been living out of a suitcase for about two years. I'm back in Canada, but I had about 40 check-ins on Airbnb in the last two years. So we've been working um, remotely, remotely. Uh, growing and uh, managing our marketing agency and also managing our e-commerce stores. So
0: what a journey. I mean, it's been (laughs) how many years for you? That is, I'm sure you have learned so much. So I would love to touch on, you mentioned, you know, there are always ups and downs within a nomadic Mm -hmm. journey. I think it is very easy, especially on social media these days to see, oh, I want to start a business in this area. So I'm going to just overnight become an expert in this area and start posting about it and get all these clients. And it can make it look very glamorous and easy. Mm -hmm. But I think you and I both know that that is not the case. So what were some of those ups and downs for you? What did that look like within your journey of the last seven, eight years?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not as sexy as social media makes it look. It can definitely be fun and glamorous, but in order to get that, you you have to put in a lot of work. Um, in terms of ups and downs for me, it's it's always the um it's always the mental, um, right? Like I have to shop every month and I have a big pile of expenses that I'm responsible for. There's no one there that's um, I'll say guide me. Yes, we have, you know mentors and I have my spouse and I have, um, other industry partners, but there's no nobody really that makes the decisions for me. And I have to wake up every day and go to bed every day, um, making the decisions for my company that will affect not only me and my family's revenue and income, but also all the contractors that work with us. So, um, having that mental, um, I guess fortitude was one of the things that, that helped me and, um, and really be mindful of, of that. Uh, The other side of it is you really don't know how much money you're going to make next month. So as you're building yourself up, building your businesses, yes, you can build multiple streams of revenue, which I totally encourage because you never know when one one business can, um, you know, can flop or can fail. But um, generally, when you are an entrepreneur, I would say it's hard to know how much money you're going to make next month. So you have to live with that as well. There's no uh, there's no consistent paycheck for the majority of of cases. And it's not, in my opinion, it's not as easy right now to get into my area in marketing as it was like six or seven years ago, because there are a lot of experts, which is good for the people that are are good at what they do. Um, But there's no such thing as I'm going to take a course, I'm going to try it once and I'm going to be successful. You have to really put in the work, you have to be really good. And especially when you're competing online, you're competing with the whole world. You're not competing at a local space anymore. So being extremely good and constantly learning and trying and um, educating yourself, um, I would say that would be like part of it. Um, A lot of ups. I'm not going to lie. The ups definitely outweigh the downs for me. It's the financial freedom, the time freedom. Um, I still wake up every day and I make a decision on, do I want to work? how do i want to work how much how long do i want to work yes i got to live with the consequences right if i have a proposal today and i don't want to show up for it i may lose that extra you know recurring revenue that can happen from it but it's still my decision um upsides definitely outweigh the downsides but there are there are some downsides too and if you can get over them then it's totally worth it
0: Thank you for sharing that. I feel like in you saying that, I have so many questions that have stemmed from that. Um, But Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with a question that is always the most popular. Um, And you mentioned multiple streams of income. I think in increasing years, especially since covid multiple streams of income and really having that security in not just money coming from one place has been a lot more prevalent and talked about. So can you talk about maybe what your or how you have built your multiple streams of income, what that looks like for you, because you're totally right. It can be sometimes very stressful, especially in the beginning, but month to month, a lot of the time as a freelancer, you don't know what that income is going to look like. So talk to us about that and about, Recurring um, revenue, multiple streams of income,
1: for sure. So for um, for us specifically, we um, we've had quite the, the peaks and valleys. So we had built our own stores to um, million dollars plus revenues. Uh, per year and that that was fun, right? So when we're in our younger days of entrepreneurship, we didn't really realize that when you are making the money, it's the time to put the pedal, the, the gas pedal on and, and really press it. We were like, okay, cool. We're gonna go travel the world, we're gonna go have fun, la la la, you know, $50 in Zimbali type of thing. And that was fun until our agency side of things like dried up a little bit and then we're in big trouble after we sold our store um so one lesson that we learned was um when it comes to multiple streams of income is first have the um, stream of income that is easiest for you to um to solidify and pay your bills. So, for me, that was always some sort of consulting or freelance work or, um, you know, social media work. I, I know that no matter what, I can pick up the phone and call or send a few cold emails and offer my social media services, my email marketing services, and that will be enough to pay my bills. Uh, now, us making a choice to grow the agency and actually make it our mainstream of income that was that was separate, but I would say start with something that you can master, you're better at than a lot of your competitors. And you know, you can anytime within 30 days, you can um, cover your expenses. Um, and then from there, the lesson that I personally learned was when things are going good, that's, that's time to keep pushing and save the money, invest the money, invest them in other businesses or invest them in portfolios, financial portfolios, whatever's, whatever's your jam. Um, so we, we had our expenses taken care of and then whatever we're profiting, we're splitting those profits between having a good life because we're still not robots, but also investing in other businesses and not getting too too greedy. So we actually kept our cost of living quite decent. I mean, I know compared to a lot of digital nomads, we still lavish in the sense that we eat out every day and we, you know, like we, we do have the Airbnbs and not the local, um, the local cash deals types type of things, but still live below our means below the means we would have lived in Canada. That's what I'm trying to say. Um so split the profits between investing them in more businesses, be comfortable with losing money, um, be comfortable with failing. And then when something starts clicking again, just kind of rinse and repeat the first process. So build it up, build it up, master it, and after you've mastered it, then move on to the next one. That's what worked for us. I found that when we tried to do too many things at once, um, it was tough because we didn't know where to divide our attention. But Master one thing and then master another one, split the profits and then reinvest, reinvest um, helped us. So for us currently, we um, we uh, run a marketing agency. We have two e-commerce stores and we're working on a couple other businesses, one being a, a local Legion business and another one being um, a blog and some other exciting stuff that I can't wait to tell you in our next uh, podcast episode.
0: Cool. Wow, that's so exciting. So much on the go. That is really amazing. And I love hearing it sounds like you both you and your partner both are very determined. And I Mm -hmm. love that you say master one thing first, and then move on to the next. And that is totally what I live by as well. I think it's very easy to get um I can't think of the word right now but I know there's a word when you kind of like move around to many different things and when like you're
1: the shiny object syndrome I think that's yeah. what they call it yeah okay yeah. so I can but yes I
0: think that's yeah Shiny object syndrome, exactly. I think that is so easy to get, especially when you are working in the online space, because you just go to another website and learn something new, and it's like, oh, I want to do this, and I want to do that. And I always I focus on really two things mainly, and growing those two things. And I always encourage any other nomads I talk to, not in like a consulting capacity, but more so just in a conversational like, don't focus your attention on every little thing that looks interesting, because then you will grow absolutely nothing.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I've, I've felt that on my own skin. So yeah, I totally agree with that.
0: Yeah. So in using that, I wanted to touch very, very quickly, you mentioned investments, which finance and personal finance is something that I love chatting about, especially on this show is Nomad. So when you do have, you know, that additional at the end of the month cash or chunk of change, what do you typically invest that in? Does that look like investing in businesses, investing in yourselves, investing in stocks, crypto? Where does that money go for the you and your, sp- and your spouse, almost spouse, um, as a team together?
1: Yeah, for us, actually, the first priority has always been growing more businesses because we like to push ourselves and we like to push the boundaries and see how far can we go. Right. If we can um, make a thousand dollars as entrepreneurs a month, then can we try for ten thousand? Can we try for one hundred thousand type of thing? And then what's after that? Can it be a million? Maybe we'll try. Um, So for us has always been investing in other businesses just because that's also helped us grow as well. So the more we invest in new businesses, the more we learn, the more we fail, the more we can, um, the more we master for other projects. That would be the first one. Um, Second one and ourselves. So. Um we are the people that will buy the free range you know like chicken and eggs and we are going to spend money on personal trainers um anything that can remove distractions in our lives and only um keep our activities to the goals that we want to achieve um will will have money from my wallet so that includes i am going to go to the fancy gym because it also has a sauna and steam room and spa and i really feel like um uh, you know, like I feel like I'm in a good environment to meet business people and to have business conversations with search, for instance, um, where people are not like, giving me like weird looks. Not that people will give you weird looks, but like at a gym, you don't do that, but like at a spa, you kind of do that. You know what I mean? Um, that and um, comfort to me, again, comfort is also an investment in myself because if I have you uh, View in an Airbnb, I definitely work a lot better than. If uh, I didn't have a CVU um, and also spending the money on a nice place will will force me to really um, level up and make more money to afford even better places. So uh, first businesses, ourselves and search has been playing around with crypto I have never touched crypto in my life, so I, I, I'm sorry I'm not the right person to have this conversation with you. But I know that he's been playing around with crypto and investing in crypto. Um, and for us, the next thing on the horizon would be properties because we're used to owning and managing digital properties, but physical properties are something kind of new to us. So we're, uh, we're playing around, toying with the idea of, uh, of going that route as well.
0: I love that you say you invest in yourself. And I think that can Mm -hmm. oftentimes be very overlooked. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. investing in something that is going to make you more productive. Maybe that's that sea view, whatever. It looks different for every person, but I think that's very important, which can very often be overlooked. Um, And, you know, that's the beauty of being nomads is that you can have a sea view from any ocean you want in the world. (laughs) Like, why not take advantage of that, especially if it makes you a more productive business owner?
1: I agree. I agree. And you know what? A a uh, um, Airbnb in like Montenegro or uh, Croatia or Albania or Greece can actually be a lot cheaper than a City View in Toronto. I know from personal experience.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think that that is a misconception as well. Mm -hmm. You know, Western countries and like you said before we were filming, it's snowing right now. I would much rather take a less expensive sea view in Montenegro than a Toronto view or you know a smaller town view in Canada where it's snowing oh, so you really do have that... it's, snowing. it's
1: beautiful but it's March
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I'm from Canada too I completely understand so I would love to chat about you and your partner together over the years have grown and scaled your businesses to seven figures. So what does that look like? And what was the journey that you two went on from really starting at the beginning to now having very, very successful, multiple successful businesses? What did that journey and scaling look like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I get this question asked a lot because I know a lot of partners have tried working together and it don't work out. So we are kind of unique in the sense that we moved um we moved to a life together very, very quickly. So we're getting married after seven being together for seven years. So we actually moved in within like a few months and then I quit my job to work with this guy that took me to Bali that I'm suddenly, you know, in love with and and so on. So um, for us, it was an understanding from the beginning that we are partners. And I think um, that was the most important thing is we know each other's roles and then we don't overstep um, overstep our lanes. So I'm in charge of, of creative direction of our, of our clients and projects and sales. So Surge does not tell me how to do sales. Sometimes I help, I ask him to help me, um, if I can't, you know, like attend a sales call for instance, but he doesn't tell me how to do sales. He can give me suggestions and he can give me resources and that's fine. I don't tell him how to do ads. I don't tell him how to do tech stuff. I don't tell him how to do the corporate structure because he is the CEO. And we found that keeping, staying in each other's lanes have, has helped us a lot. Um, the other thing is, for us, um, we we like work. We talk about work. Work is our top priority, and that's one thing that people really don't understand about us. Like, there's no such thing as, oh, like, don't talk about work on a date, for instance. We love talking about work. So we have a very well blended personal and professional lives where we still make up for each other. We go out for breakfast, for instance, before before work, but we are going to talk about work. We are going to go to dinner and make, you know, like wedding plans, but we're still going to talk about work and we like that. So we have that in common. I find that if one of, um, you know, from friends and other acquaintances I've met over my my journey, when two spouses work together, but one of them is like the main um, the main performer and the other one is kind of like the supporting role. There will always be that, um, misunderstanding of what's a priority. Um, like for us, if I need to work until midnight, so just not going to be like, Oh, like you don't make time for me. Or, you know, like I want to watch TV or I want to watch, I want to eat this and I want to order in and whatever. He's going to be like, cool. Like whenever you're done work, then I'm going to be available for you. And then I do the same thing. So, um, having work as a priority has definitely helped, um, and also again, respecting each other's boundaries and lanes and not putting pressure on each other to do, um, things that we can't do because we're working. Um, don't know if that's the right way. We definitely are workaholics, but I will always have like a 12 hour work day and, you know, afford a lifestyle where I can have a coffee in the Bahamas. Like I did for the last two weeks before I came to the snow. Um, so that's just
0: my choice. I think it's so interesting, your dynamic, and I can really tell that the two of you have probably done the work to figure out what works best for you and your boundaries, because I don't think that everything you said, that doesn't just come automatically. That comes with a lot of conversations and discussions, which I think in order to successfully work with your significant other, you need to have those tough conversations. Otherwise, not only may the business not work out, but the relationship may not work out.
1: I completely agree. I completely agree. So for us, it was also reevaluating our, reevaluating our, um, our goals, right? So where do we want to be a year from now, five years from now? What do we need to do right now in order to be there, right? So we had to do, we have to, we usually do an evaluation of goals every six months or so, and then we make sure that we're completely aligned. And then we always give each other the option to opt out, right? Like, if you don't want to do this anymore with me, that's fine. I'll do it on my own. Uh, But you got to let me know because that can end up in pointing fingers and resentment. And we don't want that. And definitely, I, I will say that, like you said, we definitely had conversations about this. And it came with a lot of work. We did have more fights about work at the beginning of our journey not so much lately, which, uh, which is good, but we've had a lot of time to figure it out too. So no, it doesn't, this dynamic doesn't happen from the beginning. So if you know, someone's watching and you're working with their spouse and you're having a little bit of a harder time, I would say communicate, talk about your goals, make sure you're aligned and your priorities are truly your priorities. Uh, like even now we're getting married in three months. Like most of our conversations are not about the wedding. I haven't bought a wedding dress yet. I like You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're not even, we're gonna get it done. We're talking about work a lot more. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so awesome. My partner and I are exactly the same. And I like that you mentioned, you know, you go out on dates and you talk about other things, but work is also always a component of that. Like me, myself, I love working because I work for myself and I enjoy what I do. And I like talking about business and I like talking about growing and growth. And I think it's very important to find a partner who is on the same page as you. I'm sure there's relationships that make it work where like one has their own business, and one is working a nine to five, but I don't really have experience in that or know much about that. Because I find this dynamic, like I could not imagine and I'm sure you as well being with somebody who works a nine to five when all I want to talk about is new tech and systems and growing my own business and scaling and my clients and you know, the hard days, because sometimes they don't understand that if they don't work for themselves.
1: Exactly. No, I totally agree. And it's, amazing that you do the same thing. And and for me, it's like, how cool is it to have a dinner conversation over steak and wine? And you're making all these plans and talking about these new clients, how are you doing this proposal? How are you helping this client? And then we're, we're kind of closing off and, and packaging up that moment with, with that toast of, of wine and, and steak and dessert and so on. So we're creating core memories of, of having a good life, but also what it, what kind of work it takes to get to that good life and I wouldn't change it honestly totally okay once in a while to you know let loose go to parties and whatever but I, I always come back to like what I do like it's such a big part of me and yeah I'm I'm lucky that I found someone that's the same as me because it would be very frustrating and sad if I did it <laughs>
0: think that is a very important piece of being a nomad, especially if you want to be a nomad with your significant other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so thank you for sharing that. So I would love to chat about how you were able to grow your business working fully remote in the last two years and what that looked like from the business side, but also from discipline, habits, mindset. I'm sure a lot of that had to go into getting you to where you are today in your business. So what did that look like?
1: Absolutely. So when I say I work remotely, I actually mean that we had one suitcase each and definitely had a big, big oversized carry on, but and uh, yeah, and our backpacks. So it was fully remote. We um, we found that for us, discipline was one of the biggest things for us. So first of all, when we travel, we don't vacation and that's one item that we had to tell everybody that came to see us or that want to take a trip with us. So we're not vacationing. It's totally cool if you are, because I understand you have two week vacation and that's all you have, or, you know, that's all you have for now. Um, Go to the beach, drink every day. Not a problem at all. For us, we're traveling. We're just traveling from different locations or sorry, we're just working from different locations and we're, um we're living, we're living our normal life. So extreme discipline food we try to have actually we go through periods of time where we have the same thing for for lunch like my team was making so much fun of me when i was in serbia i had chicken literally every day for lunch because we found this like great place that delivers fast and then right before our team meeting we would order our chicken it was just a plain chicken breast with barbecue sauce. Um, And that's all we had for like a month, like like for lunch. And then dinner was a little bit different. So extreme discipline when it comes comes to food, that also alleviates that decision fatigue, right? You don't have to think about food all the time. Um, Discipline when it comes to schedule. So even though we were across the world, so we've lived in Asia 13 hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. We've lived in Europe six, seven hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. But my business is done in the United States and Canada. So I still worked. Eight to five. I was still available to reply to emails until five PM, like I promised my clients on the contract that we sent them. Instead of working with us, so no matter where I'm in the world, I'm still going to have the schedule and um, discipline with um, uh, with with working out. So we didn't want to have the excuse of like, oh, we're at the sea now, we're gonna swim more. It, it doesn't work out like that. You have to have that that strict schedule. That that helped us. And um, like I said traveling not vacationing um staying in in a place for longer rather than like a few days helped us so we have more time to visit um instead of you know being in a place for like three days or a weekend and you want to pack everything in you want to visit this 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 we stayed in one location one city for like a month or six weeks or so um but yeah if you want to do it remotely like just have a schedule, have the discipline. It's so easy to get distracted. Like I wanted to be on the, I love the, the Adriatic coast in, in Croatia and Montenegro and white wine and seafood. I could that every day, all day. Uh, but at 3 p.m. I had to be at work because it's 9 a.m. in Canada, right? So that it's not vacationing, it's traveling. You still have to work, keep a schedule and, uh, uh, and be extremely disciplined. There is a lot of freedom and discipline. That's what I think.
0: I love what you're saying because I mirror so many of your viewpoints, but I think Mm -hmm. it is so important to differentiate between vacation and actually just traveling and working and running a business. They are two very different things. And, you know, it's funny because I've had friends back home in Canada who want a similar lifestyle to what you and I do that digital nomad life. And they always come back to me and say, I just can't do that because it feels Mm -hmm. like a holiday and I don't want to do work when I'm on holiday. And I'm like, that's totally okay. But maybe then this lifestyle is not for you because you really have to be determined and have a goal in mind, want to succeed towards that goal in order to live this lifestyle. Otherwise, you can get so caught up and you can spend, even if you're in like a Colombia or a Montenegro, you can spend all of your money on this lavish vacation for a month or two and then that's
1: it. I completely agree. It's not for everybody. And we actually... We don't take we take one day off a week, which is Saturday, and we work on Sundays because I don't like to start my Mondays, you know, not knowing what I'm doing this week. So I like to prepare. But we don't take vacations. We actually only took days off during Christmas and New Year's, and we're gonna take our honeymoon off, and that's it. Like we took a ten day meditation retreat each in the last few years, um, but we don't feel the need to have a vacation because I'm building a lifestyle that there's a need, a vacation, my entire, it was so funny. So I know I'm doing a little bit, but it's so funny because we're like, okay, where do we want to go on our honeymoon? Well, we want to do Europe because we're going to be in Europe anyway for the rest of the year. And we're like, okay, so we want to do a new location. But what do we want to do? Well, we want to be in a city or a town by a port, by water. It's Europe you know, I just want to drink coffee and have wine and have good food and music and it's culture. So instead of just like, so literally what we've been doing for the last two years, I'm like, yeah, literally what we've been doing for the last two years. So, you know, we've built a lifestyle that doesn't need a vacation. We don't need escaping from, do I have hard days? Absolutely. I, I have a lot of hard days, but I don't need a vacation from those hard days. I just need to rest a little bit. So we actually don't take days off. We just, have an integrated lifestyle where we travel, we experience the local culture, the music, the food, and everything um, a new country has to offer, but we also work while we're at it. And I feel like it's a a really good combination,
0: gives us a really good flow. Oh, like amazing. I I love it. I think everyone listening, if they don't already have this lifestyle, they're like, okay, this is a lifestyle I need to build for myself. But again, goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It takes work. It took me, I think, the first year and a half to even figure out what I wanted to offer and what niche I wanted to be in. It takes time, but... You just really have to give yourself grace and be patient with it. So one thing you talked about in that that I really liked was the decision fatigue, giving me very Mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg vibes, which I love. Um, And your chicken breast example was great. So I'm curious how you handle that while traveling, because I find myself it can be very difficult to book the next destination, book the next hotel, Mm -hmm. and then not even just book the next hotel, but search for the next hotel. And that alone can take an hour between all the platforms and Airbnb and where you want to stay and what area of the city you want to be in and then flights and then the best option for flights. And then do we want to lay over here? And it can be a lot. And so balancing that with a business and running a business while also, of course, traveling and seeing this new city and country. How does that balance look like for you without getting too much decision fatigue within that?
1: Yeah, we, we actually do a lot of things very mechanically. So we decided last year that we're going to be in one location for four weeks from Saturday until Saturday or six weeks. Um, so that took care of the traveling schedule. Um, last year specifically, we, um, we had a lot of work to do, so we kind of went back to the locations that we knew and even the areas that we knew. Uh, we also had parameters for uh, what we wanted to do. So um, we look at our top priorities. What do we want to do when we go to the city, for instance? If we go to Zagreb or Belgrade, which are two cities we will always go back to, we want to get fit, get healthy, be close to downtown. Um, in Belgrade specifically, I want to be close to our uh, fitness club because that's where my personal trainer is. Want to work with him in person, and we also have the spa and all those things that we like. So that narrows down the area. Um, and then when we go on Airbnb, we have a budget that we're comfortable with, and um, and then we look within that budget. We know exactly what we're looking for. So we're looking for one or two bedrooms in this area within this price range, and we gotta have good internet. Um, so then we're not extremely picky. I'm not going to look at 50 um, apartments. If I find something that I like within the t- the, the first 10, then I'm I'm good. Um, one thing that I like to do is I like to, I, I value my time and my convenience a lot more than I value my money. I'm not saying that everyone has to do this because I know everybody is, is at different financial levels. I'm not saying I'm overflowing. I definitely can say that I've built a lifestyle where I know what I can afford, so I go with that. So I'm not going to try to. Actually, I don't negotiate Airbnb fees. I've I've never done that, and that's because I don't I don't like to discount my prices. I don't like it when someone asks me for a discount on my prices, and I feel like if they want to charge that and they're okay with charging that, I'm okay with paying that. I'm good. And then when I do that, actually, I get better services. Right. So I had issues with my internet and Sarajevo, and I told them I don't even want to work in the kitchen. Your worlds are good too thick you know the um um the routers in the bedroom where i know you have a desk but i can't have my meetings in the bed behind me they bought me a new router right and then people are like oh like why are you spending so much the like, airbnb money I can do like cash like locally that's totally cool i don't have time for that so mechanical things um i know my budgets i know when i want to travel so that takes care of that um and um um, sorry, what what else did you ask me? You asked me about traveling, eating. We eat the same type of food. So mornings, we we plan everything in advance. By the way, so I have my calendar based on my location and based on what we want to do. I have a plan in advance. So if we are at the coast in July, I know I want to have one day a week where I want to go to the beach. So I'm not gonna schedule meetings that day. I'm just going to have more of a freestyle day. um We plan our schedule in advance, and then we have the same schedule. So um, doing a little bit of, um, deep work in the morning Then we take a four hour break. we go to the gym, shower, whatever, eat, spend time together and then we work. And then we, um, we cook eggs for, for breakfast. We're going to order lunch from this place. And then for dinner, we want to go out for dinner so we can kind of like regroup. Um, I literally just own like white gray or black t-shirts or tank tops. I own, um, uh, just like two pairs of chalk pants and I wear two pairs of leggings And one outdoor sneaker and one indoor sneaker. So I don't make like clothing choices. I just wear the same plain black. I've been wearing the same mascara for probably the last 10 years and the same foundation brand for the last like same thing, like 10 years. Like there's no need to change. Like I have the same type of lipsticks and it can be boring to some people. To me, it's extremely freeing. It's freeing that I know what I own, how many items I own. And again, I don't just spend like an hour at Sephora anymore. I'm just, I know when I'm in an airport duty free I have my list I know what I'm gonna buy so long answer yeah, sorry story there but in short I I do things very mechanically and I don't yeah I don't like to make a lot of decisions um when I want to make decisions I I, I I put them in a time frame right so like my decision will be like which restaurant do I want to go for dinner but I've also already made the decision that I'm going for to dinner from eight to ten every day. That was the decision I, I pre planned. So yeah, extreme pre planning and and simplifying my life.
0: I love that. That could be like a motivational speech in itself. I love that. Myself living out of a suitcase as well and being such a minimalist, I am like here for everything you said. Look at the two colors. I'm wearing black, white, you have white. Like, I totally agree with everything you just said. And it really does free up your life and your time and allows you to make decisions that are actually important within your business, exactly. it's so much easier. And I love, you have really simplified like the meals and everything. I love it. I'm going to think about this after the episode because I love just having everything down to a simple system that you know works for you.
1: You know what I did? I actually paid my personal trainer to create a meal plan for me based on the fact that I did not cook. And I was like, you need to do this for a lot of other people and just research in the cities and he knows my goals, right? He knows how much protein I need. He knows how much weight I want to lose. He knows my goals. So he said, okay, cool. So you don't cook at all. I'm like, nada. I'm like, at most, maybe put an omelet here and there on the on the schedule because I can make that at home. He said, no problem. Here are the three places you're going to order from and you're going to order these things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're going to eat this protein powder for, uh, for a snack and you're going to eat these puddings for a late night snack. So I literally have a spreadsheet of what I'm going to eat when I'm in Belgrade from what restaurant and that to me was like some of the best money i've always, like I've ever spent and i told him you got to do this for other people because i know there's other people like me as
0: well that is genius that is so yeah. brilliant i love that you thought of that because mm-hmm. i also don't cook i personally yeah. i think you definitely agree with me i think Cooking, in my mind, is a waste of time in buying the groceries, in prepping, in cooking, and then doing the dishes. I could get so much more done if I just ordered food, but there's a lot of unhealthy food on these apps. So if he can just systemize it and be like, you know what, this, 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 these are your options, that is amazing. I love it. You're a genius. <laughs> oh
1: like that it's been working for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. So okay, so to wrap up the podcast episode, one last question I like to ask is what is one thing that you know now that you wish you had of known at the beginning of your journey?
1: One thing that I I huh, I like this question. I do, I do, because I think there's a lot of things, but um I think for me, it's letting go of paradigms and really doing my thing, solidifying, clarifying what I want to do with my partner and then not, I don't want to say not caring, but not putting too much weight on other people's opinions, right? So um, I come from a culture where um, optics are very important, right? So I'm Eastern European, I moved to Canada in 2005 and it's, it's Eastern Europe is a little bit more traditional in the sense that like, you got to have a job. You gotta get married early. You gotta buy a home, an apartment, or a house. And I've been told by relatives, like, you should have like a job um just in case things go south. And I'm like, well, I, I could also just fire one of my like 15 employees and have the same money that I would have with a job, you know what I mean? Um, so really letting go of these paradigms and um also I've noticed that sometimes people ask, surgeon and I have been changing and growing, they're not necessarily comfortable with us doing that. And I hear a lot, like, what happened to you? Like, you still have 50 pairs of shoes. Yeah, I still got my Louis Vuitton somewhere packed in the closet. I still love luxury. I'm just not putting a, a ton of priority on buying new luxu- luxury goods because I would rather spend my money traveling. Um, so letting go of these paradigms and what you think you have to do because you have pressure either from family or friends, acquaintances, or... Um, you know, even at work, like I was told by a previous boss that I should just give up my my dream of having my own business because I'm barely worth the salary he's paying me, and that was that was kind of funny. That was very motivating. Um, so letting go of all those like mental, you know, like all those mindsets and mental barriers that keep you from doing what you want to do. Um, for us, for the last two years, selfishly, Serge and I have been doing what we wanted to do, and we were gone for two years. I haven't seen my my brother in two years. I haven't seen my cat in two years and some of my friends. But I gave my parents the option to come see us. And I said, you know, you just make your way here. We'll find a place for you to rent and so on. And we'll take care of everything else. And it's worked for us. And I'm happier now with myself. I'm happier now with my relationship. And I can be such a better friend and an acquaintance and help to everyone around me. So I, I think that I think when I started when I first started, I still had a lot of um, old mindsets about what i'm supposed to do and how it looks like right like how it looks like when you fail oh that looks so bad people are going to think you're like bad at business now i love talking about my failures because like people better than me smarter than me more accomplished than me have failed like 10 times more than i have right so when someone tells me about how much they've failed it only really tells me how much they've learned and how much they've grown so let go of all that mindset of what you're supposed to do and just freaking do it man just like Figure out what you want to do and do it.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. I love literally everything you've said. I love it on this episode. What a powerful episode. You're such a powerhouse. I love talking to you. you. So where can people find you online?
1: Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you search for Sandra Stepan on LinkedIn, I post, I try to post daily, a lot of business stuff. Um, um, Instagram will be Sandra Stepan. I post more mindset and travel um, items. And if you want to check out my website, it's snapadvantage.com.
0: You've just listened to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode stuck out to you, I would really appreciate if you share the episode on your socials or share it with a friend. And of course, be sure to tag me. As always, thank you for joining me on this learning journey and I will see you in next week's episode.